Well, folks, welcome to one more edition of Politics and Random. Egberto is your host. Thank you so kind for being part of the show. We are going to have a what again? A great show for you today. Welcome aboard. Welcome aboard. Bridge MCP is in the house. Eric Hayes is in the house. Lee Grant is in the house. E2247 is in the house. Melanie Keelan, Barcelona, Spain, is in the house. We also have, of course, with us, May Wood from California. We also have, uh, parven, parven, Roberto P. Davenport. Robert P. Davenport is in the house. AVQ, Bridge of uh, AVQ, El Señor Rodney is in the house. And our beautiful Yvette Avery Herod is in the house. We're going to have a great show for you today. As I kept on putting everything together, it took me a while. I just got through burning the other thing as i'm playing the intro music i'm saying please 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 finish 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 and it did anyway let's go ahead and get started what you guys gotta say started off we got e2247 that says 13.8 billion years we patiently waited for this visit here today egberto thanks for pulling us relatives together to move into greater complexity and consciousness right now love that phrase my brother all right, we also have uh, para ver, para ver, para ver. Letter from Gaza, eight-minute audio with transcript. I got to listen to that. Letter to the children of Gaza. All right, Eric Hayes says, Ukraine supporters via Dems gone from 81 to 52. Republicans, 56 to 35. Why? Because they're seeing truth of people getting rich via military propaganda. Why can't we focus on straight out the government to focus on America where we could have health care and less homeless if money stayed here? Hey. Hey, if we were going to do that, I'm for it. I am absolutely for that, Eric Hayes. It seems like we have a symbiotic relationship developing here. Could that be possible? Could Eric suddenly become a person that wants this kind of well-being for our country? Eric, Eric, I repeat, world to Eric, world to Eric. He's finally on our side everybody in the pdr posse let's give a hand to the brother eric right now right now he deserves he wants health care he wants health care for all he wants that which is good for our middle class poor and everybody alike thank you eric for stating that making that clear we are on your side all right uh we've got let's see what's what else here uh lee grant says tim scott called for war against iran last night Tim Scott is a, let me see how to put this nicely. Tim Scott is crazy. Tim Scott doesn't know what he's saying. I mean, he does not know what he's saying. I listen to Tim Scott and I'm like, you know, once upon a time, I actually thought you had a brain. But now I realize that you were just a, for the Republican Party. And if anyone in the house can put the word, you were just a blank for the Republican Party. I leave that blank for you guys. I have to get my voice together. It's been a long day. I had to, I spent three hours at the rehab center with my dear, beautiful daughter doing some rehab, both, um, you know, hands and legs, all that good stuff. So it's been a pretty busy morning at the same time, trying to get all this together. And at the same time, we're preparing for a a the the awards the, the awards dinner this week. So what can I say? I can't give him a hand. How about a single finger? I love that, Robert. I can't do it, but you can. 
Anyway, folks, we have a great show for you today. Rehab workouts. Yeah, she did. You know, she's great. She did. Uh, this morning, we took off, I think, about eight something this morning for her to go do some uh, rehab. And then after that, she came home and then went to the gym to do some more workout. She's really trying to work on that that side. Good. She is my what again? Hero. Again. What is it again? Hero. So anyway, you know what? You guys know what I'm talking about. You guys know what I'm talking about. Anyway, what I'm doing right now is I'm I'm about to load our first video because I think you guys are going to like that. I'm going to start with Joe Manchin because Joe Manchin wants to be president. He can't win the Senate. So he decides he wants to be president, but he doesn't quite want to say that he wants to be president. Mike Cisak says, Bridge MCP. Well, the military only has 17% of the total federal budget, and that percentage keeps shrinking each year. Uh, um, 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 shrinking by a little bit, but the volume of dollars are huge. The government shouldn't be made there for the military. The government should be made for social services. What does the Constitution say again? The welfare of the people? That's what we're talking about. E2247 says, Tim Scott called by a radio station no one listens to for his new gig as 3 a.m. soft listening DJ. Ha <laughs> ha Funny. That's a funny one. All right. Well, our brother, uh, you know, that guy named Joe Manchin, he thinks he's going to be president. Wow. Let's take a look at this and then we'll take it on the other side because I got a lot to say about this. And I think you guys should all have a lot to say about this. Joe Manchin just released a video, a video where he stated that he's not running for Senate. Of course, he's not running for Senate because the new the governor, I think the governor of West Virginia, uh, who is running against him, former Democrat turned Republican will probably clean his clock in West Virginia. But here is the real deal. Take a look at this picture, this video that he did. And tell me what do you notice? I'm not only talking about what he's saying, but the ambiance of the video. Check this out, and then we'll take it on the other side. I got into politics because of an argument I had 40 years ago with my dad. John Manchin owned a furniture store in Farmington, West Virginia, a small coal mining town of hardworking people. And one day our local state representative came in and asked Dad for a favor, saying, you owe me for all the things I've done for your little town. When the man left, I turned to my dad and said, now wait a minute, isn't helping Farmington that man's job? That moment defined the difference between self-service and public service. When I told my dad that I was going to run for office, he said, Oh, Joe, politics is a bad business. I'm telling you right now, stay out of it. I didn't disagree that often with my father, but that time I did. I reminded him of the famous line from President John F. Kennedy's inaugural address. Ask not what your country can do for you. Ask what you can do for your country. I was 13 when I first heard it, and I'm still inspired today by it. My family were devoted Catholics who immigrated from Italy and Czechoslovakia. So to us, President Kennedy was held in the highest regard, and I knew President Kennedy's words would sway my dad. It took him about a minute, but my dad said that he would support me running if I made a vow to serve all the people, friend or foe, and not just myself. 
That promise made to my dad all those years ago has been my guiding light. I've never cared about where good ideas came from, and I never blame one side for creating a problem, nor believe that only one side could fix them. When America is at her best, we get things done by putting country before party, working across the aisle, and finding common ground. Many times, this approach has landed me in hot water, but the fight to unite has been well worth it. Today, West Virginia is attracting more investment, opportunity, and jobs than it has in decades. Here at home and across the country, we are building more roads, bridges, manufacturing plants, and energy infrastructure than almost any time in America's history. After months of deliberation and long conversation with my family, I believe in my heart of hearts that I have accomplished what I set out to do for West Virginia. I have made one of the toughest decisions of my life and decided that I will not be running for re-election to the United States Senate. But what I will be doing is traveling the country and speaking out to see if there is an interest in creating a movement to mobilize the middle and bring Americans together. To the West Virginians who have put their trust in me and fought side by side to make our state better, it has been my honor of my life to serve you. Thank you. Every incentive in Washington is designed to make our politics extreme. The growing divide between Democrats and Republicans is paralyzing Congress and worsening our nation's problems. The majority of Americans are just plain worn out. Our economy is not working for many Americans from the rising cost of food and fuel and everything in between. We have a border crisis with illegal drugs entering our country and killing Americans every day. Our national debt is out of control and Americans don't feel safe, even in their own communities. We are providing critical aid to two of our allies, fighting wars for their survival. And we must prevent being pulled into a major war ourselves. These are not Republican or Democratic challenges. These are American challenges. They affect every one of us and we need to face them together. I know our country isn't as divided as Washington wants us to believe. We share common values of family, freedom, democracy, dignity, and a belief that together we can overcome any challenge. We need to take back America and not let this divisive hatred further pull us apart. Public service has and continues to drive me every day. That is the vow that I made to my father over 40 years ago, and I intend to keep that vow until my dying day. May God bless America, the great state of West Virginia, and each and every one of you. All right. You, you listen to the video. What you, you, you heard was somebody who was attempting to run for the presidency. And by the way, while a lot of people are thinking he wants to run as, a, uh, as an independent, my gut feeling tells me that what this guy is attempting to do is actually run as a Democrat replacing uh, President Biden. I mean, I could be wrong. I could be completely wrong. But I think he's creating all kinds of avenues here. He can't win the Senate anymore. But look at the ambiance. He, it looks sort of presidential. He looks, compared to Biden, fairly young and vibrant. And he's, he, he actually tries to make sense about bringing the country together. And, you know, everybody wants to bring the country together. But it's the, it, it, it is politicians like Joe Manchin 
that is keeping the country apart with their false statements on economics, with their false statements on so many other things. If we just stand up for what Americans are really asking for, if we just simply provide as a baseline all the things that Americans say that they want, it would be simple. It would be simple. It is not Democrats that are dividing the, the, the country. It is not the left that is dividing the country. It is the liars that are dividing the country. It's the liars that are telling folks that these other folks have horns that are dividing the country. And Joe Manchin has made himself an appendage of those folks. And in fact, absent what he did in by destroying Build Back Better, we would have built back better. The economy would be better. And if we then pass laws to prevent the thugs that run corporations for from stealing people's monies, and we can go into that with an, with another video thereafter, we wouldn't be in the situation that we're in now. It is important, folks, that we're not snowed by this. Absolutely. So it's important that we're not snowed by this. All right. Okay. Okay. Let's go ahead and see what our peeps are saying. What our peeps are saying. Let's see. Uh, we have, let's see. Uh, Breed says 106 trillion is the, is 16%. Yeah. Actually, the budget, the, the total, the, the military budget is around 17%. And, and, uh, and, and by the way, it's also true. That it is 50% of our discretionary spending. Discretionary spending is a spending that, that's not mandatory. The mandatory spending that we have is everything else. Uh, now, the 50%, 50% of our budget, uh, of our discretionary budget, more than 50% goes to the military. And for those who say, well, why have mandatory? Well, look, that's what the government is for. That is what that is the purpose of the government for those who people who want to say there's something wrong with most of the expenditures of the government going towards social services. You are you have been indoctrinated. What else should government be for? Who says government should only be for military as as uh, Mike Cisak would want you to believe? You see, we have been so indoctrinated that we think a government that that pools money to do what's right for the social good there is something wrong with that it is not folks let's remember government is we the people and what we the people do for we the people madre mía no sé por qué la gente están trastornados en la mente but anyway i digress i digress from my excitement okay Let's go ahead. Uh, Carl Cox's mansion is a pile of super crap, a major league crook. You know, he talks about doing well for the people. But of course, his coal company is always dependent on him passing great energy bills that gives all kind of kickbacks to the energy company. Michael Rodney says, notice, never talks about what problem specifically, just speaking in general, political doublespeak, because he has no answer to no real problems. You nailed it, brother Rodnin. You nailed it. Bridge MCP says, what are the biggest federal programs? The three biggest federal programs are healthcare, including Medicare, which we pay into, and Medicaid. Pensions, including Social Security, we pay into, and defense. Bridge, 
Exactly. And that is what government supposed to be for. We need to re-educate people. We need to disindoctrinate them. Because what the plutocracy has done to them is to tell them the only thing government should be for is defense, which gives your money to the defense contractors who make money with their shareholders. Everything else should be this should be left to the states. And then they go to the states and they tell the states, you don't need to be charging this. You don't need to be charging that. It is the big ripoff. And again, Mr. CSAC, as a naturalized American citizen, I was required to know the Constitution. And I'm pretty sure I'm more apt into the Constitution, my dear brother CSAC, than you are. And the fact of the matter is the Constitution has nothing that really gives the indication that its sole purpose of the central federal government is solely for the defense. In fact, the first preamble of the Constitution or rather, uh, the preamble is one of the biggest, uh, biggest things that we should look at to justify the general welfare. The general welfare. If I, if I must read the clause again for you, uh, I will, you know, because you seem, you seem to always forget. You seem to always forget. The general welfare mean in the Constitution. The general welfare also sometimes as uh, welfare concerned government for health, peace, and safety of its systems, a common good, all right? So what does promote the general welfare mean? Read, brother, read. Educate yourself and not indoctrinate yourself. A government is, in effect, for the people. And I've read the Constitution over and over again. What many of the people on the right do is they distort the Constitution. They make you believe. Those of you that are just joining uh, us on YouTube, please consider clicking that join button. Become a part of our PDR posse. We have all kind of, uh, tell Ask anybody about being a part here. We have a lot of fun together. All right. But he says, what are the big... Oh, I read that one already. Carl uh, says, Manchin wants more money. A major league liar, a fossil fuel piece of crap. And you know what? Manchin doesn't tell you. You see, Manchin is always a part of the problem that he likes to hide from. His daughter... Is a C, was a CEO, I don't know if she still is, for one of the major pharmaceutical companies. You remember that thing called the EpiPen? She was the CEO when the EpiPen, I repeat, when the EpiPen zoomed up in price, look it up. Mentioned is not a solution. He's a centrist. And you know what the centrists want to do? They want to take your money. You know what the centrists want to do? They want to have you for lunch. I'm, I'm not asking that. That's not, a, that's not up for debate. Look at the policies they stand for and look at the policies the progressives stand for. And let's see who actually wins under the progressive policies, under the centrist policies, and under the right-wing policies. That's all you got to do. And we talk about it time after time after time. Okay, let's see what else we got. Uh, Michael says, holy SHIT, it's because of people like Joe Manchin that we have many of those economic problems as he blocked infrastructure investment. Not only that, Michael Rudnin, right now, he actually, listen to what this guy wants to do. This guy wants to run for president, right? And then he wants to accuse the president, the current president, of screwing up the economy that Mansion is responsible for screwing up. It is time for all the progressive media guys to go out there and tell a few truths. 
Let's start telling a few truths. A lot of pain that the mothers and fathers who are now searching for a place to put their kids for pre-care. The reason we don't have it after the pandemic, we had it. But the pandemic emergency spending lasted two years. Progressive stride to get it re-upped for, 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 the, for taking care of kids now. Remember, both the Family Value Party and the centrists who, who claim they believe in fiscal responsibility and families, they all voted it down. So now, all these different organizations that used to take care of your kids at, at an economic, at, at, a, at a price that you can afford, here in Texas, they're closing 300,000 kids in Texas or without care, right? 300,000 Texans. That was done by Joe Manchin. Joe Manchin, and who else again? Cinema. So let's be clear here. When you hear Joe Manchin talk about that kind of crapa, understand that what he did is he screwed the progressive policies that brought people out of poverty. He screwed the progressive policies that would have had the economy zoom in even further so that when we had the, the, the election in 2014, whether they like Biden or not, they weren't going to throw that away because, hey, we are awash in our good fortune of having economic stability. And who screwed it again? Joe Manchin. What we showed is you could have good spending, good investment spending without inflation. And if we wanted to reduce the deficit, we just had to take a lot of the capital out of the capital markets that are currently robbing us blind. The answers are there. The answers are present for everybody to see. But we have to have the pelotas. We have to have the wherewithal to get it done. Brother Robert Davenport says, uh, how was voting against voting rights helping all the people he vowed to help? A smooth talking phony. Nailed it. Yes, sir, Davenport. Uh, let's see. Carl Cox is stealing from the American people. It's Manchin's goal. It's always been his goal. Uh, Bridge MCP says, give a few days. He will announce replace Biden is his goal. I think so. I don't think it's in the, uh, it's an independent run. I think it's a, it, he, along with some centrists, are going to try to replace Biden and maybe hold on as a, as a gimme, hold on to uh, Kamala Harris. And if you doubt that there was something in the, it, it's something that was made that, that would come out, right? If you notice what uh, 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 Vivek, Vivek Ramanshami said yesterday on the debate, tell us the truth, because some of this stuff has already been in the ethos. And you know, Vivek Ramanshami has already heard it, right? And where he says, tell us who you're going to run, Biden. Tell us who you're really going to run. But you see, for them to bring Manchin onto the Democratic ticket, progressives are going to go berserk. That would blow the things up. So they have to be careful in what they're doing. So I am still watching. I'm still watching because I don't think he's looking at an independent run. I think he's looking at a Biden replacement. That's what I think he's looking at. Bruce Pollard says he belongs in the same crypt as Tuberville. Brother, you are correct. Bruce also says, loser. And again, I must repeat that. Bruce Pollard, you are 
Correct. All right, let me continue reading my brothers and my sisters' uh, stuff here. Uh, para ver, para ver, Bruce, let's see, let's see. I'm, I, I kind of lost my position. Egberto, the U.S. Constitution says so. No, nope. again, read your Constitution. I had to read it to become a United States citizen. That's one thing about those of us that are naturalized citizens, right? We had to learn, we had to really, really learn American government. We had to really, really, really learn the American Constitution, etc. But, you know, for me, it was a blast because back in Panama, because I went to a canal zone school, at first a Latin American school, then a canal zone school, we had to learn them both, both Panama and the American, the American stuff. So we had to be apt in both, both, both uh, things. I'm not as apt as I am in the Panamanian stuff because it unchanged a lot of things, including adding a new province, all that good stuff. All right. Continuing, 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 continuing. Uh, Carl Cox's mansion is a major league thief. British MCP says, I agree regarding Medicaid and welfare. It should be short term, not a way of life and handed down to the next generation. Of course not. And you know what? It's so funny, Bridge. Most people that I know, they don't want to be on the dole forever. They just want to be on the dole when they need to. If you're disabled and you're recovering, then you are supposed to be able, we as a society take care of you. As you get better, as you recover and, and disability being both physical and otherwise, when you recover, you do your part to put back in. The other, the other day I was looking at my social security statement and I'm like, damn, I've really, really done my part. And most Americans, believe it or not, when you look at the pool that they put in relative to what they make, they've done their part. But it's the thugs up on top that would have you believe otherwise. Those that have made their buck on you. Robert Davenport says he has less of a chance than Mike Pence had. Another self-deluded phony driving his Maserati to his yacht that he lives on in Washington, D.C. on the Potomac River. Exactly. Big phony. Uh, Mike Cisak says interest on U.S. debt skyrockets above one trillion for the first time ever. Here's a quick growing cost. And you know why that is? Of course, the guys who raised inflation that caused this Fed, that made the Federal Reserve stupidly, and I'll use that for the Federal Reserve, not another human being, stupidly raised the rates and in effect caused us all to have to spend more. Exactly, exactly, exactly. But I don't expect you to get that one yet, Mike Cisak, but you will as you follow politics and right. All right, let's see. Michael says, uh, pardon, that's the difference between discretionary budget uh, and total federal budget. If you count discretionary spending, we can choose to spend on the military budget is more than 50%. If you count the total budget, uh, including what can't change in military budget spending is less than 20%, I can offer pie charts if visualizing it would help. I mean, we, we get it. We get it. We get it. All right. Bruce says, uh, a friend told me that for our dollar to be prime currency, that is what we have, that, that we, whoa, 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 a friend tells me that our dollar to be the prime currency, that it is, we have to have debt. Believe it or not, let me back up. Let me back up. That is not that is not a fallacy. It's a it's it's a rather complex argument, right? Because remember, it's 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 the balance sheet that the Feds hold. But we can go in that another time. Uh let's see what else we got here. Maywood says, Michael, could you please fact check me? Going from memory, each dollar we spend on social programs like food assistance, Medicare education, 
we get back $4 on average. I don't know about the $4 get back, but let me just tell you for a statement of fact, when you spend on, on, on issues that people immediately spend that money, let's give an example. If I give, if I have $10 and I give that $10 to a poor person on the street, or I give that $10 to Oprah Winfrey, that $10 has zero economic effect on Oprah Winfrey because that $10 does not allow, that does not cause Oprah Winfrey to put another penny into the economy. And an economy grows based on the circulation of money. But if I give that $10 to a poor person, they will immediately throw that money into the economy. They'll go buy themselves a Mac burger. And when they buy that Mac burger, the Mac burger place says, oh, we have one less piece of bread. So they'll go order a piece of bread from the, from the distributor. That distributor has one less piece of bread and that distributor is going to go to the manufacturer and get one more piece of bread. And when that manufacturer has to give one more piece of bread, they're going to go to the farmer or rather to the wheat maker and buy that much more wheat. And when that much more wheat is produced by the factory, he's going to go to the farmer and buy that much more wheat to process. And that is where the multiplicative effect of, uh, of things like social programs work. The people who get social programs are people who are immediately going to spend that money. But the people who are wealthy who get tax breaks, which means they have more money in their pockets, they may sit on that money most of the times. They may invest that money in, in Curaçao. They may, and that, you know, it's, it's simple math. And we actually know this math, but because most Americans don't know the math, they fall for the lies that they tell you, the rich people tell you, to give you the belief that somehow it makes better. And the same applies with wages, right? We could change that from, I, I, I want to address something later, but I'll take care of that a little bit later. Uh, Tom Sarnick says, per American progress, the United States is a low tax country. Over CBOs, a 10-year uh, budget window, the United States will collect $26 trillion less in revenues than it would if its revenues as a percentage of GDP were as high as the average OECD country. EU nation number, $36 trillion. And what that means is that we choose, because of our taxation system, we choose to have high debt. That's a fact. All right. Bruce says, I still learn new facts of the Constitution. The latest is that presidential and vice president cannot be from the same state. That is the reason why the people who don't like Kamala Harris and want to replace Biden wants it to be the president, the, the, the governor of California, because that's a way of kicking Kamala Harris off the roll without doing it physically. That's what the deal is there, Bruce. That's why that has become an issue and everybody learned about it now. So that, that is a deal. Now, if it becomes Manchin, they'll have a hard time getting rid of Kamala. But even if they put Manchin in, they'll need Kamala because what they're going to think is that a lot of, a lot of black women are going to see it as a diss. Not that black folks automatically blow, vote for black folks. That's not what it is. It will actually seem like a diss. All right. Uh, let's see. Bruce says not all centrists are users. That's true. Just most. Um, let's see. Uh, what else have we got here? What else have we got here? What else? I'm, I'm coming. I'm coming. I'm coming. I'm coming. 
Uh, Paul Fleming says, according to Raffens Berker, a letter laced with fentanyl was sent to the Fulton County election officials, similar to letters that were sent to local election offices in other states. I, again, you know, those people are crazy. Uh, Paul Fleming also said, new Senate Democrat confirmed President Biden, 150th federal judge. OK, let's see. Bracken Cheryl, let's see who's calling right now and then we'll take that call and then we'll go to the last video. Come on in. Who do I have the honor of speaking with right now? Hey, hey, it's Ray from Third Ward. Brother Ray from Third Ward, it's great hearing you for a second time today. Love when my peeps call. How you doing, my brother? I'm good. I'm good. Uh, listen, I had a thought. <clears throat> As you know, um, Brother Manchin wants to do his best dress rehearsal of the president's desk. That was real cute. Did you see that? Um, you noticed that too, didn't you? Yeah, I did totally see it. But, you know, like I said this morning, um, I want to kind of expound on that. You know, we're in, you know, really rough times, you know, when it comes to democracy. And, you know, you heard Rick Santorum, you highlighted him saying, yes, I you did. know, democracy, you know, pure democracy is not how you run a country like, you know, get the F out of here. I, I don't want to hear that, Rick Santorum. But, you know, the point I'm making is, you know, when it comes to these races, is that we have all vested our emotions in, like the mayors, the presidents and stuff like that. What is your thought on, and I actually looked this up before I called you, what yeah. is your thought on America or really just if, yeah, what if America adapted a compulsory, what did they call it, compulsory voting culture, where right. if you didn't vote, you would be fine. Uh, you know, I feel I, like that's where we need to go because people don't vote. The reason why I see turnout and, and, and I'm going to let you interject. I feel mm -hmm. like if people don't feel like they are losing something, they're not going to do it. That's just American culture. That's I, I lived here all my life. Egberto growing, you know, growing here. Right, I'm glad right. to have wonderful people like you that came here. But that's just what I noticed. People in America don't want to do stuff unless there's a penalty. There is What's something to what you're saying, Ray. And let me tell you how I would I would do it. I would do it this way. Uh, uh, first of all, I would I, I would make it that anybody that is getting any that is dependent on any kind of services from the government, their duty should be to vote. And let me tell you what that's going to do. Right. Because that serves two purposes, because some people say, ah, if you ask those people who get Social Security, those people who get all these different things that they that voting is mandatory, which I think I don't disagree with you. I think it's a good idea. I think it's a good idea that they must vote to those who are that. Let's say those who think they are independently independent that don't need government. We know that's never true because they drive on roads and they drink water and all that kind of stuff. But for those people who like to believe that they since they don't get, let's say, a Social Security check. From the government with that. Well, that's not fair to them because all those people that are getting checks are going to vote one way. The other option, actually, what that does is it makes everybody vote by having those people that are more dependent on government have to vote. Those people that are least dependent on government to look out for their interests. Right. They, it's going to automatically bring them into vote. So I, I would like to add a corollary, corollary to what you have to say, and that is. If you are if you are partaking of monies from the government, then uh, you need to vote. And I, I think that can that can foment a 
some sort of a response, a social responsibility. Uh, so I, I like your idea in effect with a, with a modif- with that and modification. Let me take it a step further. I mean, think about it. We all have to pay taxes, but we don't yes. get to choose where those taxes go. I agree. And if you don't pay your taxes, guess what? They're going to find you and they're going to tell you, you owe us some taxes. I agree. I feel like in our society, there should be a, a mechanism where if you don't vote, you get a letter in the mail. Hey, you didn't vote. What's the reason? Oh, well, I'm sorry. That's not a good enough reason. You got to pay the fine. We hope to see you next time at the next election. You won't have to pay the fine. I, you know, I, I, I think. I feel, go ahead. I'm sorry. But I, I mean, I feel like if you want to see an increase in turnout, you know, mm-hmm. realistically, it's going to have to come from some type of thing like that. And with people who are, are, are you know, disgusted with Joe Biden and even considering going in the right wing or not voting at all, that's that's what I'm talking about. People like yeah. Donald Trump get into office, not because of uh, a heightened enthusiasm it's because of low voter turnout so we need to eliminate that aspect from our society where we get these subpar mediocre leaders not because people support them because there's not enough people that didn't support the other candidate i i think i think with with some uh, measured with some modifications and having people think all the different gotchas out. And that's what, you know, we have this great idea. And I think uh, the idea is great. What you're saying, I think it's great, but I would want it to go through some rigors. In other words, we want to make sure whatever we're doing is, you know, enhances our democracy. So yes, I'm with you. I wouldn't just jump and do it. I'll make sure we do it in a, in a measured fashion that really helps everybody out. And I think you would agree with that as well. Absolutely. I mean, we got to go. We got to go through the channels because that's how you end up in an authoritarian democracy. If there's such a thing. (laughs) Thank you, my brother. Anything else you want to add to that? And by the way, anybody else can call 281-823-7747. I love getting these calls in our in our program. I love to get these calls in our programs. Thank you very much, brother Ray from third. That's all I got. Thank you, my brother. Appreciate the call. Anyway, folks, uh, that was our brother, Ray. Uh, Listen, I I like the the, the, the tenet of what he's talking about right there. Okay, let's continue with what you guys have to say. Actually, I'm running out of time, and I want you to hear Rashida Tlaib. Uh, So let's go ahead and play Rashida Tlaib, and I promise to continue reading your comments as uh, Rashida Tlaib is speaking. Rashida Tlaib appeared on uh, Chris Hayes last night, and she did what she had to do with respect to explaining all the things that she meant. And you know what? There's nothing that she said that I think any peace-loving person should disagree with. We ought to always check out who, in fact, is the aggressor. Do not conflate uh, terrorists with Palestinians. Do not conflate terrorists with who these people are. So I want you to listen to her. To uh, First of all, Chris Hayes did an excellent piece previous to his uh, conversation with her. And then she uh, went on to say what she had to say. Listen to this, because I think the misinformation, the characterization that many would like to make of the likes of Rashida Tlaib 
and Ilan Omar and others need to be placed not only in context, but not allow them to destroy these people's reputation. Peace loving people. Check this out. We'll take it on the other side. I will not be silenced and I will not let you distort my words. I can't believe I have to say this, but Palestinian people are not disposable. We are human beings. Just like anyone else, the cries of the Palestinian and Palestinian and Israeli children sound no different to me. Why? What? I don't understand is why the cries of Palestinians sound different to you all. Last night, 22 House Democrats joined with the Republican majority to censure the only Palestinian American in Congress, Democratic Congresswoman Rashida Tlaib. The resolution accused the congressman of, quote, promoting false narratives regarding the October 7th, 2023 Hamas attack on Israel and for calling for the destruction of the state of Israel. The congresswoman denies these accusations. The resolution also objects to a passage in a video she released early this month that calls on President Joe Biden to support a ceasefire in Gaza, specifically a segment of that video that depicted protesters in Tlaib's home state of Michigan chanting the phrase you see there from the river to the sea. Now, the resolution called that chant, which is commonly used by some pro-Palestinian activists, quote, a genocidal call to violence to destroy the state of Israel and its people and to replace it with a Palestinian state extending from the Jordan River to the Mediterranean Sea. In a statement, Congresswoman Tlaib rejected that characterization, instead calling it, quote, an aspirational call for freedom, human rights and peaceful coexistence, not death, destruction or hate. What your conversations with your Democratic colleagues have been like over the last 24 hours, particularly if you've talked to any of the 22 that voted for the censure resolution? I mean, many of my colleagues know I uh, I have an open door policy. They can come and talk to me about this and they know uh, the conversation will lead and me urging them to please save as many lives as possible. And that means calling for a ceasefire. Uh, again, my colleagues know where my heart is and they know that I have been pushing from day one of coexistence of the days where my both my grandparents, when they were born there, that there was coexistence among all faiths uh, living in peace. Uh, and, you know, much of what I'm seeing is distortion, distortion of my words, also in trying to silence my residents who have been calling from the beginning of freedom, freedom from inequality, freedom from the occupation, freedom from the violence. And so it has been really difficult, I think, for me as I walk on the House floor walking there, watching many of the colleagues that voted for this not engage me. And they know I'm ready. I'm ready to have those conversations. And I think they're missing an opportunity to talk to a Palestinian, a Palestinian American serving with them. I have a lived experience that needs to be shared and be heard. I want to sort of stipulate here that I don't, I think the central resolution is a sort of ludicrous distraction amidst the, the sheer amount of human suffering happening in the region. Uh, so, you know, the, just to put that aside, it, 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 but I do want to talk about this phrase because obviously this was a phrase that I think really um, caught some folks, I think Jewish Americans, supporters of Israel, different folks, and, and it reads differently to different people from the river to the sea. Um, the contention is that this, this is a call for a kind of anti-colonial expulsion. Right. Similar to like Algeria kicking out the French. Right. Like, get out of here. Go back to wherever you came from. This is the, how it's heard, I think, to a lot of Jewish ears. And so I want you to explain, like, 
what you mean by it and why you used it or why you included in the video. Yeah, I mean, look, I'm asking my colleagues, don't distort the words of my residents. Many people in this movement for human rights for Palestinians have always centered around coexistence. Uh, you hear them calling for that uh, and saying that, you know, no matter your faith, your ethnicity, your background, you should be able to live uh, without fear, without discrimination, without this kind of inequality that, you know, Netanyahu's extremist party and his leadership has been pushing. And so for many of my colleagues, they know uh, and deep in their hearts where my heart is and many of the folks, including the American Jewish community that's out there demanding again, the, the call again, uh, against this, this notion that we can't all live together. And so, uh, I, I think again, this is just a moment right now that folks want to use the specific moment to silence the majority of Americans that are calling for a ceasefire to silence this movement around actual peaceful coexistence. Because right now, that's not what Netanyahu wants. Netanyahu's current government, most extremist government in the history of Israel, is not calling for that. He's going to the United Nations and basically showing maps where Palestinians don't exist. And so I wish my colleagues will call out that. I, just to be clear here, I mean, what, when you talk about peaceful coexistence, you imagine a, a pluralistic democratic state in the full land from the river to the sea. It was people call it the one state solution. But that would be, I mean, fundamentally, the people that adhere to Zionism and think Israel should exist as a Jewish state, like, they're just not going to like that. I'm not, I just want to clarify what the actual oh, positions are. I understand are. that. And, you know, Chris, look, I grew up in the most beautiful, blackest city in the country where separate but equal didn't work. We saw it in our own country, but I'm not going to push it on the people. If folks want to push for a two-state, go for it. But guess what? Guess what? Netanyahu's current government is not supporting that. He's literally said it to us over and over again. He doesn't want to coexist with Palestinians. And we're saying, no, we're going to have a peaceful, a peaceful coexistence and pushing against, uh, those that want to target people solely based on the fact they're Palestinian or if there's a different faith. And again, that's what my city that I grew up in taught me mm. is to push against that kind of racism, that kind of discrimination and that kind of, again, call for elimination. If I'll use the words he said, cleanse Gaza. Uh, you know, this is what I have to continue to speak truth to power on. And I'm not going to allow, I'm not going to allow folks to distort or try to silence or again, try to, uh, make out that my residents are calling for something, anything, anything but the end to the violence. So that is Rashida's position. Listen to her tonality and listen to what she says. And at the same time, listen to Netanyahu and his ilks. Listen to what they're asking for. Listen to what they want. And let's ask thereafter, who is the aggressor? Who is the one willing to cause the maiming, killing, and murder of children and adults alike? Again, let's not listen to the rhetoric that folks who have an ulterior motive would like to attain. Let's listen to the facts. Let's look at what our eyes are telling us. Let's look at what our eyes are telling us. Let's not listen to what, what they would like you to hear and constantly put out. By the way, I, I, I just have to hit on something Mike Cisak says because it shows you it shows you the level of indoctrination from a plutocracy that can fool good people. Mike Cisak is a good guy. He's a farmer. And he is deluding himself with a fallacy. He says to Maywood, you obviously have never run a business or been in, biz in the business world to understand it. Sorry, it's not the consumer that keeps business afloat. It's the leaders in a business that keep it going. 
That is the most silly, unbusiness-like statement I've ever heard. Not even a business person would say that. I have run several businesses, sir. And you can look them up and see their viability. Specifically, I'll give you one. Willie's Computer Software Company. Look it up. Okay? Let me tell you something, guy. You can, you can have the best product in the world. If you don't have the consumer, that's why we don't believe in supply-side economics. The best economy is demand-side economics. There was a demand for the products that Willie's Computer Software Company created. And the changes that came in this product was based on the demand for those items. And I remember once thinking sort of not as not as bad as you said there, but thinking I am the engineer. I am the person who writes the code. I am the one who does everything. I know what people need to want. I know what that engineer needs to have. And I never forget getting that call. I think I've told you guys that and wrote it in one of my books. He said, Egberto, by the end of the year, you keep having that thought process. You will be out of business. No, Mr. CSAC. I think Mr. Wood knows quite a bit about business based on the discussion. And you may consider trying to learn some about the business because it is evident to me that you don't know what you're talking about. With, I, and I say that honestly with love and respect. All right. Let's see what else we have here. Uh, I got a lot, guys, and we don't have the time to cover them on, so I'm starting kind of below. Bree says, Michael Rundin, Mike, your idea would prevent, I, I think I read that one already. I'm scrolling down. Uh, Egberto, there's nothing peaceful with the squads. Then you don't know the squad. I know them, and I know three of them personally. Thank you very much. Uh, let's see what else we have here. Uh, what else we have here? Uh, Daniel Lado. Let's see if that one is worth reading. Uh, nah. Okay, let's continue. Uh, Michael Rodden says, I support a ceasefire. Here's a topic in recent history we don't talk about enough. Genocide, ethnic cleansing of a region, whether by widespread killing or forcibly displacing people into becoming war refugees, has only occurred about a dozen times since 2000. The Furi and the Noors in Sudan, Tamils in Sri Lanka, Russians versus Chenia, ISIS attacks in the Middle East, uh, Rohingyas in Myanmar, Saudis versus Yemen, Uyghurs, Uyghurs in China, Russia versus Ukraine, and there are more. I just picked the worst ones. The ideology of Muslims, extremist groups uh, would call for some uh, for such against Israel would fall into the categories if implemented. What Israel is currently doing into the Palestinian people who the Hamas terrorists are hiding amongst also falls into this category. We don't talk about those horrors nearly enough. Exactly, it is. It is genocide. It is genocide. All right, let's see what else we got here. Parabet, I'm scrolling down, scrolling down. Uh, let's see. I'm scrolling down. Uh, Mike Cisak, a uh, response from me was that you have obviously never actually been in business world or actually studied the economy. Without consumers, there is no business. It's the workers and consumers who keep business afloat. 
Oh, I, I, I didn't see that one. Otherwise, I would have read it. But you're actually correct. British says, Senator Joe Manchin told MSNBC last month, I don't think that democracy as we know it would withstand another Trump administration. As the West Virginian gives, the Senate, uh, gave, gives up his Senate seat, he nevertheless appears to be considering a third-party presidential campaign that might very well make another Trump administration more likely. Sad, but true. Uh, let's see what else we got here. Let's see what else we got here that I can read before I go into. Let's see. Michael Rudnan says, um, Egberto, in this case, Hamas was the aggressor, and now Israel is, is doing disproportionate retaliation against civilians. If you have to kill women and children in the process of killing terrorists you, uh, who attacked you, you become the terror you're trying to expunge. I agree. And what they are doing is, in fact, genocide. Take a look at the map what they're doing to move people from the north to the south. And we can go beyond that because it's been occurring. When we look at the, when we look at the, the settlements that are being maintained by force, that is displacement. When we look at different groups in the, having the same citizenship but different rights, that is apartheid. I mean, it is important for us not, look, I am a, I have not, not an ounce of anti-Semitic feelings at all, but I do have feelings of what's equitable, what's true, what's fair. And Israel is, there are several things about Israel that we have to understand. Israel is a socialist country that implements apartheid and is currently effecting genocide on the people. And every, anybody wants to have a discussion as to what, by all the definitions many of you here have used. All of that fits the profile. And if anybody wants to have an honest, intellectual conversation about that, we can always do so. All right, let's continue. Let's say, Egberto doesn't understand war. Of course I understand war. War is one of the most stupid things that, that's very easy to understand. You know, that's all I can say. War is the most stupid thing one can understand. But anyway, folks, we're coming to the end of the program i'd like to ask you if you are uh, on youtube click that join button become a part of the pdr posse we do a lot of research in what we do we get books everything please help us out help us continue telling the truth telling the message you can support us by going to politicsdoneright.com slash support politicsdoneright.com slash support politicsdoneright.com slash support that gives you the very many options that you have to support this program a program designed just to talk the truth, not not parrot a whole lot of stuff, but simply tell the truth. Uh, so please go ahead and support us by going to politicsandright.com slash support. I'm going to try to put that in the feed again. All right. It's in the feed, politicsandright.com slash support. Just place that in there. Uh, you can also support us by becoming a part of our newsletter. Our newsletter goes out every day. Please go to politicsandright.com slash newsletter and subscribe to the newsletter. Please subscribe. Become a, if you become a paid subscriber to our newsletter, you qualify for all our books. You can read all our books. The five books that I've written, it's available for you. Right now, there are two already up there, and we're putting the other three up there. And any subsequent book, while you're subscribing, you, you can read all of my books for free. So please consider becoming a part of the uh, the Politics and Right Posse, the PDR Posse. Uh, subscribe to our newsletter. I'm going to put the newsletter one more time in there. 
and we got to get out of here. I'm spent. It was a long day, but we got to do what we got to do. My name is Egberto Willis. This is Politics Done Right. And you guys know how I end this, baby. I am what? We spend a lot of time deconstructing the news, trying to trying to parse it into a form that everybody can understand. We try to find those little nitpicks where uh, it goes, it flies above the fray, etc. If you really like these videos that we do, I want to ask a big favor. Please go ahead, number one, subscribe to our channel, and number two, please join if you can. Thank you so kindly for watching. Keep watching. Please remember to share. We must populate the entire internet with our progressive message, a message that we know is what most Americans say that they want. So help us please join.